The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. A new study from the state legislature's research arm reveals the Virginia Department of Education is not doing enough to close achievement gaps for students enrolled in special education programs. Alan Rodriguez-Espinoza reports. The Joint Legislative Audit and Review Commission, or JLARC, found that students with disabilities are around 30 percent less likely to graduate than their peers without disabilities. And black students with disabilities were among the least likely to graduate with at least a standard diploma over the past decade. Drew Dickinson led the commission's project. He added that students with disabilities are twice as likely to be unemployed and half as likely to get a bachelor's degree. We found that school divisions are not consistently providing transition services that are needed to prepare students with disabilities for life after high school. The report recommends recruiting more licensed teachers and calls for clearer guidance and leadership from VDOE in addressing students' needs. State Superintendent James Lane said VDOE and local school districts will need more funding to tackle the report's findings. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, VPM News. Virginia's Electoral College members gathered at the state capitol on Monday to vote for president and vice president. Susan Swecker, chairwoman of the Democratic Party of Virginia, oversaw the group. I'm glad to announce and proud to announce that 13 votes have been cast for the Honorable Joseph R. Biden of the state of Delaware for president of the United States. Per state law, each elector chose Biden and running mate Kamala Harris, who carried 54 percent of the Commonwealth's popular vote, Members of the United States Congress will meet to confirm and possibly object to the results on January 6th. It's unclear when Virginia inmates will receive the COVID-19 vaccine. As Whitney Evans reports, the governor's three-phase distribution plan does not specifically mention people who are incarcerated in prisons and jails. Virginia doesn't have a plan to vaccinate thousands of inmates who are housed in state and local correctional facilities. Health officials are still waiting for recommendations from the CDC. Wanda Bertram with the research and advocacy group Prison Policy Initiative says most states do have a clear plan. These are people locked up in cramped conditions, you know, where they can't wash their hands very often, can't take showers every day, can't keep their personal spaces clean. We need to make sure these people are prioritized. A spokesperson for the governor's office says prison health care workers and correctional officers working in infirmaries are included in the first phase of the distribution plan. More than 5,000 Virginia prison inmates and more than 200 staff have tested positive for COVID-19. 36 people have died, according to the latest number from the Virginia Department of Corrections. Whitney Evans, VPM News. The pandemic has taken a hit on the economy and worsened existing challenges to accessing basic needs like housing and food. As Yasmin Juma details, a new report from the Annie E. Casey Foundation highlights disparities in outcomes for people of color. The report shows that 25% of Virginia's black families with children say they sometimes or often don't have enough to eat. And more than 35% aren't sure they can make their next rent or mortgage payment on time. Lawrence Nellings is with the youth advocacy group Voices for Virginia's Children. She says exposure to this kind of instability could have long-term effects. These stressors that are felt by families are also felt by children and can impact their development and introduce new levels of trauma that can be felt throughout their lifetime. 
Snelling says immediate intervention from state and federal governments is necessary. This includes prolonging unemployment benefits and replenishing coronavirus relief funds. Yasmin Jama, VPM News. The Crater Health District is offering free COVID-19 testing in Petersburg. Testing is available Mondays and Thursdays at Central Virginia Health Services and Wednesdays at Pathways. To be eligible, individuals must be at least five years old and have one or more COVID-19 symptoms. Pre-screening and registration is required. For more information about the testing and registration, call 804-863-1652 and select option 1. The Virginian pilot has a storied history in the Norfolk area. The newspaper has won three Pulitzer Prizes, including two for its editorial writing. Over the past year, the paper published a series of editorials praising Dominion Energy. The company is one of the most influential and controversial political players at the state capitol. VPM's Whitney Evans spoke with Ben Pavier about his investigation into who wrote those unsigned editorials. Ben, your reporting indicates that some of these editorials were written by someone who also does contract work for Dominion Energy. What can you tell us about these pieces? Well, first, a little context. Uh, Over the past year, the pilot has combined its editorial board with the Daily Press, which is the other big newspaper in the Hampton Roads area. They've both been hit hard by layoffs and cutbacks and are now owned by Tribune Media. I found at least seven unsigned editorials in those papers over the past year praising or defending Dominion Energy. They're all written in a very distinct style. Can you give us an example? Sure. So in June, the papers ran an editorial about the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, and the writer seems to mock environmentalists who oppose the pipeline. Here's the writer kind of channeling those environmentalists, and I'm quoting here, kill the pipeline, bad pipeline, evil pipeline. So that's one example. I found three cases where the editorials quote a Dominion Energy press release. In another case, an editorial in April calls the energy monopoly, I quote here, a great Virginia entrepreneurial success story. Which I think it's worth pointing out is a valid stance for an editorial to take, right? Lots of papers put out unsigned editorials to weigh in on an issue or endorse a candidate. But I understand the problem in this case has to do with who wrote the piece. Exactly, Whitney. Um, At least some of the pieces I identified were written by Gordon Morse. That's according to the paper's editor-in-chief, Chris Worrell. She wouldn't tell me which pieces were written by him. A spokesman for Dominion Energy says Morse has been working as a part-time contract speechwriter for the company since 2006. So Morse is writing about a company that he also collects a paycheck from. Journalism ethics experts say this is a problem. I talked to Kelly McBride. She's head of the Center for Ethics at the Pointer Institute, which trains journalists. She also serves as NPR's public editor. McBride says the newspapers need to lay out any conflicts of interest for readers. Here are the contractors that we use, and here are the pieces that they wrote, and here are the other contracts. Here are the conflicts of interest that they have. The pilot and Daily Press have so far not done that. We haven't really talked about Morse himself. How does he fit into all of this? Morse says he's part of, and I'm quoting here, the woodwork of the Hampton Roads newspapers. He's written columns on and off for almost four decades. He now has a column in the pilot and also helps write some editorials. The editorial board consists of the editor-in-chief, Chris Worrell, the opinions editor, and a representative of the publisher. They come up with the slant of the editorials, and then they assign some of them to Morse and another freelancer. Worrell started the job a little over a year ago, and she says Morse told past editorial boards about his work for Dominion but the current one only learned of it recently. Now that they know that, she says they won't assign him pieces about the company. And do we know anything about what exactly Morse does for Dominion? 
Ryan Frazier, a spokesman for Dominion, estimates Morse writes four to six speeches a year for the company's executives. And Frazier says the company has no role in the editorials. When asked, Morse declined my request for an interview. But in an email, he denied the editorials were favorable to Dominion. He said the pieces are based on the collective opinion of the editorial board and its previous stances on a topic. Well, we'll have to see if the papers make any changes in response to this reporting. Thanks for looking into this, Ben. I appreciate the opportunity. To read more about Ben Pavia's reporting on these editorials in the Virginian Pilot and to find all the stories you've heard here, head to vpm.org news. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.